Welcome to Season 6 of KnowledgeCast, hosted by Jack Williams. We're excited about this season's guest, and you can learn more about this season and also listen to previous seasons at jackwwilliams.com slash podcast. In addition to Season 6 of KnowledgeCast, did you know that Jack is an author too? The second edition of his book called The Question, A Guide to Answering Life's Most Important Question, is now available in paperback and ebook on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Jack shares his personal journey that began in 1993 to determine the values, principles, and beliefs that would guide all aspects of his life. Already read the first edition? Then share this book with someone and also leave a review on Amazon to help Jack guide even more people on how to answer life's most important question. You can learn more about the question on Jack's website too at jackwwilliams.com. Now let's listen to an all new episode of KnowledgeCast Season 6. Welcome to our sixth season of Knowledge Cast. We're glad that you joined us today. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome. And if you're one of our regulars, thanks once again for coming back. Well, today we welcome Juan Nguyen to Knowledge Cast. Juan currently works for, for uh, Vocal Materials and handles contract management for their vendors. But that's not the reason that we have Juan with us today. She has an incredible story to share with us about secretly being smuggled out of Vietnam and coming to the United States. So let's get right to the story. Juan, it's just a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. Well, it was 1974 when you were living in Vietnam and and things were not well, obviously, in your country. Your father had been in and out of prison and was currently in prison at that time. Explain to us why he was in prison. Um, After the war, everything become very difficult. And so our family is selling uh, food in the market to sell meat. Okay, we sell meat in the market. And during that time, the government start doing kind of like a union. Everybody have to be in a group. Uh, and it be, um, the union is, um, the, the, the union is controlled by the government. The union controlled by the government. So whatever you're selling, whatever you're doing, it has to be in that union. And they have to handpick who can be in that group to do what. So my because um my parent is considered a bad citizen, so they cannot be in that group to be able to sell meat in the market. They have a daily daily market. So my parent right. would not be able to do that. So we cannot make a living. So my father end up um we have end up doing it illegally, considered illegally. Um, considered illegally, so we sell meat illegally under the market to the people around the neighborhood, and then my parent will get, my dad will get caught because he's a butcher. Then we get that um, meat because he butcher the, the the meat, the pork, and right. distribute it to the people, and he get captured every time. We click out, and he will get captured and put in prison, and in an hour in prison, and he also we are here then. Time getting really hard. So my father tried to get escape. We tried to get the family out, so he stopped building boat. When you're building boat, then they find out he gets put in prison. So mainly his prison time is regarding to trying to sell meat in the daily market and try to build boat to escape. Well, you said your family's been trying to find, you know, ways out of the country and your father had, as you just said, been unsuccessful and and they tried to get you out a couple of times, but uh, each time until the last time, 
uh, it was unsuccessful. What happened when when you tried and it was unsuccessful? Um, every time I try, it unsuccessful. Either you it get leak out, you go home, or you on the boat, and then you get captured by the police. You get captured by the police, they will take you to prison that day, and they put it, you in the prison for that night. And because of my age, I was I'm just a little child at that time, and they will let us go. If they will let the kid home, go home. So you get caught, and and they just take you home again. Uh, home. They're not taking me home. They put me in prison. Oh, okay. And okay. I have to find my way home. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. Well, you had a, a brother and a sister who had escaped earlier that were living in the United States. And I know that your mother was was really determined to, to get you out of Vietnam. And she finally found a way to, to get enough money to, to get you a seat on a boat that was going to try to escape to uh, Thailand. And I know it was very expensive and obviously dangerous. And you were only, I think, around 11 years old at that time. Describe that experience of saying goodbye to your to your mother, your family, and venturing out on that trip, not knowing whether you were going to make it or not. Yes, um, that when I was in fifth, in fifth grade at the time, and my mom sent my older sister to come to school and to get me home. And my mom, mother told me, uh, one, they have a boat leaving tonight. Would you like to go? Would you like to be on that boat? So I told her, yes, because the reason I say yes, is I just thinking I'm going to come right back. Because at that time, my brother is not home. So my mother told me, you're going to be on the boat by yourself with nobody that um, you know. So I told her, I said, yes. So in my mind at the time, I thinking it's for leaving that give me opportunity to help my parents later on. And also in my mind, I thought, you know, maybe I will get it through because I've been through it so many times and I won't make it. I come back home. So never thought anything about it. And so my mom told me, okay, if you decide to go, then this will be you will never see us again. So I just didn't think any further. I didn't think any further. I only want a better life and opportunity and also don't know if I'm going to come back or just going straight to Thailand. So I just told her, I say, go, yes, mom, I, I'm ready to go. Well, that's, so, a, that's a tough thing to hear from your mom that uh, you that you probably will never see us again. I know that that made you think a little bit. That is correct. You think about it, and then also at the time when life is really hard, because my mom have a hard time trying to provide for all of us kids, and it's not that easy for a single for a mom by herself, then the dad in yeah. the prison. So all you can thinking, if I leave, I make it. Then less one one less mouth for my mom to feed. Right, I understand. Well, when you left to, to get on the boat or try to get on the boat, as you said, you you probably didn't think you were going to make it. It'd be like the other trips. But what did you what did you take with you? I'm sure you couldn't take much. Um, that is correct. You have to be very just it's very limited because you don't want to be known that you are leaving somewhere. So the only thing I brought with me was two outfits that my mom gave me, and my and an outfit that I have on my body. And then also some uh, sweet rice flake. That it um, the sweet rice flake. We, that is another thing that I brought. And then also hickama. Hickama is the fruit. It's a root. And then um, um, 
include in, in that it's a couple of slides, just a few slides. I don't remember exact, but it's very small amount of ginseng. Mm -hmm. And the reason we're getting though, and then ginseng, and then also um, you have to have money. So we can't carry Vietnamese money. So the gold, the gold piece, that is what um, the important, one of the important thing too, after, if you make it. But the, in, the most important is the jicama, the water, the um, rice flake, fit for filling. So that was uh, pretty much that all I bought on the boat. When but she gave you a, a gold piece, right? Yes, she gave me uh, a gold piece. Where? How did you protect that? Um, the way that she gave it to me, she cut the ring in half and she's flattening it out. And she sewed it inside of the hem of my shirt. And she told me, do not take this outfit off. You have to keep this outfit on because the gold piece is inside that. So she showed me where it's at, and it's very thin. It, it's a very small, small ring. It's just a, maybe a few grams. And so she put it in there, and she said also the address of uh, my brother and my sister that, li that currently live in the United States, that is the address inside your shirt. I wrote it in there. So never take this outfit off. And uh, she told me until uh, I got to Thailand. And um, she told me well, until I get to Thailand and then start getting that gold out. Well, not only were you smuggling yourself out, you were smuggling the gold and your information out too that you needed. Uh, <laughs> and that would come in handy later, as we'll hear in just a minute. Well, the boat, as we said, was, was trying to make it to Thailand. Uh, it was a small boat. Uh, and we will have a, a picture. You'll find a picture of that boat, uh, a type of boat on the website uh, when you hear this uh, interview so you can see exactly what type of boat it was. But how many people um, do you guess were on that boat? It's Every about boat. 50 people, adult and children. So about they told 50 about 50. 50. Uh, and the boat is very small. The boat is very, very small on, the, on there. And, and and I think also the, the the adults were a little having having a little trouble being on the boat with uh, getting sick. I think you said that the children didn't have any issues, but the, the adults did. That is correct. Um, in that boat, um, the it's a very strange thing that all the adults can see sick really bad, unless the one that they get used to the boat and they don't have any problem. But the one that is like they're not in the boat that much. Oh, they are laying flat. They are just laying and throwing up and it's just inside the boat. It's just bad. But children, it doesn't affect them at all. So the children pretty much walking around and taking care of the adult, like giving them water and stuff like that. Well, you got 50 people in a crowded boat and, and most of them are also getting sick. What an what a environment to be in. Yes. Uh, well, you know, after a few days, I understand that you you pretty much ran out of food and water. What what did you do then? What did you do to try to provide hydration and and keep from getting too weak? Um, when you're in the, on the ocean like that, water is one of the main things that you needed it really bad. And the amount of water when we, they bought it on the boat, very little. It's very little, maybe five gallon. Mm. Maybe five five to six gallon of water that they put it in to one of the uh, bucket there. And we ran out of water. Yeah, for 50 people. So we ran out of water very quickly. 
very, very quick. So every time we ran out of water, people start praying. Doesn't matter what religion they are, they just mm-hmm. pray to their God. And we just pray for rain. We just pray for rain, and sure enough, uh, every time we pray, the rain came. Oh, that's great. The rain came. So we collect the rain using that top, the, the blue top, that um, to collect the rain, and then you drain it into that container that we have. And we start using that. But finally, at the end, when it's like for food, it's mainly the uh, rice, uh, the sweet dry flake. That what you, it's very filling. You just have a handful of that, put in your mouth and chew on it. Just sucking on it because it's kind of hard. So mm-hmm. you just have some in your mouth, just suck on it until it's getting soft, and then you swallow it. And the hickama that we brought, it's wonderful. Hickama, it has a sweet taste to it. A lot of juice in it. Also filling. The filling of the hickama is not as good as the filling of the rice flake. So that is two of the ingredients that people bring to uh, when they leave um, Vietnam, when they escape. And ginseng is also giving you, um, we bought, like nobody bring that much ginseng because ginseng is so hard to find at the time too. Because that's a popular item because everybody cut, trying to escape if they can. So that way they try to collect some of the ginseng, try to buy it, try to get the ginseng. So my mom was fortunate to get me a few slices of it. So I was, um, I have that on um, when the water and everything start run out. That's what I have, I take. I take that food. I think that might be, they believe that the ginseng is helping, giving you the energy to help. Well, now you, you're you're in an overcrowded boat. You um, you got the adults being sick. You're running out of food and water. And then on top of that, the boat began to fall apart. What did you do then? Okay, on the last day, on the last night of it, our boat is falling apart. So the only thing we can live on and survive on is the leftover wood. And on the boat, they also have those bars that they use for the net, the fisherman net. Mm-hmm. They use that bar, and they have some string on the boat. And we have two. Uh, we have oil barrel, oil barrel, the metal container, the oil barrel. We have those, so they gather quick enough to tie string to each end of the uh, uh, barrel, and then they put wood on the bottom of it what they can find and wrap it up quickly and start the children start going inside of it and the, the adult that cannot swim also can go inside or they can hang on to it and we floating on the water just hanging on with um, wood <laughs> the wood from the uh, from the boat where it, when it fall apart and then the fisherman bar the the, the bar on the fish net Right. And and then we grab around the, uh, we grab, and hanging around that wheel, uh, that oil barrel, which is anything that is floating that what we try to hang on to. And when you're in the ocean like that at night, you don't know. It's really dark. The water is just dark, and you don't know what you're going. What is under you? You can't see what is above you. You can't see it what under you. And you're just floating and you don't know where you're gonna be and what's gonna happen. And at that and at that time, 
in your head, you just pray, you know, put it all to God. But it's a group of men, and then they start talking, you know, and then a group of men say, there was four of them. This is what they, they mentioned, okay, if we stay together, we, can, we, we will all die together. But let us four, we'll swim out, and hopefully, and hopefully it, they will make it somewhere. That's what they're saying. Hopefully we will make it somewhere and we can get rescued. And we can get rescuers to come out and rescue the rest of the people. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, so those men, we gave them what for them to survive on. And they got they got some of um, the ball on the fish net, you know, and they, we gave them pretty much that it, and they use that to swim away. When they swim away, everybody, all that we can do is just pray, pray that they make it somewhere. So, so those men swim away, and sure enough, when the daylight come, later in the day, later, the daylight come, I'm not sure how late that was, and the man would make it to the 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 the, the land, and they did um, got fishermen from Thailand to come out and try to search for us. So there was two of them make it to the land that they can get help. So um, when the fishermen come out and get us, and they find when then then they bring us into land, and then that when we find out we still have two men missing. So they sent out search for those two men and luckily those two men was in the island. It's on an island, but just like they can eat whatever that they can find, can find on that island, surviving while uh, waiting for rescue. Wow, what a, what a sight when they came to rescue you. I can imagine uh, the cheering that was going on. It's a very excited. And even to this day, I'm thinking about it. it I I got tear, you know. I just you get chill and shake every time I think about it. Like even when you're that little, I still can remember the detail of it. Well, I, that's uh, that's certainly understandable. I mean, that would be difficult for for anyone, but much less an 11 year old child to go through that by themselves. Well, you know, after being rescued, you you ended up being able to get into Thailand. And you were placed in a in a special refugee camp for minors. And I think you had a cousin in that camp, but you didn't know where he was. So tell us about that experience in the in the refugee camp. Okay. When we get to Thailand, um, we have to wait out in the out um out in the Thailand area until they report us that they found some boat people. So when um to a refugee camp, you know, the director from the refugee camp and for them to send sent uh, buses to come out and get us, to bring us into the refugee camp. So when I get to the, the camp, they start ask, they start asking, who are you going with? And because I, I'm by myself, so I said I went by myself. So of my age, is uh, considered a minor. Uh, uh, so they have a minor camp. They have a special minor camp it's within the refugee camp, but it's separate from the uh, uh, regular camp. So they put you. In, uh, they will put me in that 
uh, refugee uh, minor camp. I, I told them, I say, I have family out, live out here, out in the regular camp, and I don't want to stay in the minor camp. Can I, you know, and that when they, um, so I, I didn't stay in the minor camp. I stay out, out in the regular camp with relative. With relative and during that time, and and that when you start waiting for sponsorship for another that the process start beginning, beginning what next step do we need to be done? Well, you had you had your brother and sister there, you know, in Oregon, and, and I think they were with your uncle at the time. Uh, uh, and, uh, I guess that's when, you know, they couldn't, your uncle couldn't sponsor you because he was already, uh, responsible for the others. So you had to, I believe, get a, a church to sponsor you. What did you do with your P your gold piece at that time? Yes. At, um, when I get to Thailand to the, to the camp, the first thing I did is take the gold out. Um, I take the gold out and then I, so I sell it. I sell the gold and get couple hundred baht at the time. And I used that money to try to, to uh, get some clothes, food for the moment, and then uh, sending letter home to my parent, a diagram at the time, a diagram home to my parents to let them know that I, I had a ride to uh, Thailand. And then I sent a, a diagram home, uh, to uh, the United States for my brother and my sister and my uncle to let them know that I'm here so they can start um, working on paperwork to bring me over. Well, you stayed, I think, in Thailand for about a year while all this was happening and trying to get the sponsorship. Uh, and then you had an opportunity to reconnect with your family. Tell us about that uh, when you had a chance to call back to your mom? Um, when I get all the paperwork done and everything like that, um, I would not be able to contact my parent until I came to the United States. So the paper, my brother was able to sponsor me to, to, to come, and but they cannot, you know, with, 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 um, with, not because my brother was only in high school at the time and my sister only in middle school and they don't have any income. And mm -hmm. my my uncle, it, his income is not big enough and he take care of a whole bunch of uh, other and he don't have, his income is not big enough. So he ended up, um, the church had to, um, to help out and, and agree that if uh, they're bringing him over, if something happened, the church will help to support me and to take care of me. Well, when you finally got to Oregon, I think you were around 15 at the time, you were able to get a work permit. What type of job did you start off with? Um, when I was uh, began to work, okay, then the first job that I ever did is um, picking strawberry. Picking strawberry, picking plum, blueberry. Um, it's like fruit season, and I only can work in the summer. And, and then until I came, um, in high school, then that when they allow me to work in the manufacturer, you can find a manufacturer job. So my, my high school have a program called work study. They call work study. So if you earn enough credit by the time you are junior years and your general credit, general credit, I can go to work instead of taking the general credit. Mm -hmm. So I, I earn enough 
credit by the time I was a junior. Uh, and and I joined that program, that a blast. So I joined that program and that when I stopped, um, they found me a job at the dental company. At the dental company and I worked for them seeing for high school the whole time, even until I left Oregon. And you said that was a that was a real blessing that the the, the owner there, the manager there, really uh, offered you some good opportunities and was very good to you. Yes, that is correct. Um, I got a job. I worked uh, part time there, and then until I went to college, and I until I went to college, and the the the, the owner see how much struggle I ha- I am uh, to to provide for myself, and uh, sure enough. Um, the owner stepped in and say, "Hey, how about I'll pay for your for your education? I'll pay for every expense that it related to your education, and then um, for the working hour, he make it flexible that he say you can come in whenever, um, just to work because I, uh, the the hour that you work it it like." It helped, you know, the more hour you work. Right. So he, he let me work whatever time. Whatever time I'm free, whatever time I'm available on the weekend or whatever that he, he will let me come in and, and work. So that helped me so much to my college year. And that mm-hmm. helped me a lot. And I, I worked for them. And, it like, and then he also building my career up by letting me doing different stuff. When I start doing college work, he start letting me start work in the office and learn, learn the experience. And I worked with them um, until 2001. So I worked with them for a long time. Well, he, he actually saw something special in you that was there, and you had demonstrated that. And uh, uh, certainly it was a blessing to get involved with the company that uh, took their time to to learn about their employees and also be willing to to help those that were trying to help themselves. And and now here you are at Vulcan Materials in Atlanta responsible for contract management for Vulcan vendors. What, you know, wow, what a journey, Juan. What a journey. What a story. Thank you. Uh listen, just thank you so much for being with us and telling your story and and uh I know it was an emotional one for you and you know it's uh it was just an incredible example of uh of just doing whatever you have to do to get what you wanted to get done and uh, i just want to thank you for for being with us and and sharing your incredible experience of of coming to america and all you had to do to get here you know for all of us who were fortunate enough to be born here it's so easy to take for granted all the blessings that we have by by being here and then others like you risk everything to come here. So thank you again for reminding us uh, of the blessings that we have. Thank you. And I, I have to say the last thing for me, it United States is one of the best, it's the best for me that I'm still into this day. I will not, I will do it again if that happened. Well, one, what an inspiration you have been uh, to us today telling your story. And, and one of our themes is to be a positive influence in the lives of others. And I just can't wait for people to hear your story and and see a great example of being a positive influence in the lives of others. You're going to be a great inspiration and encourager to a lot of people by sharing your story today with us. And thank you again. 
Well, folks, listen, thank you for joining us today. And, and I look forward to having you back with us next week as we spend time with another interesting guest. And until then, make sure you're being a positive influence in the lives of others. Thanks for listening to this episode of KnowledgeCast. Leave a review and share this episode with someone you know. In addition to KnowledgeCast, there are a lot more exciting things coming to Jack's website this year as he helps even more people be a positive influence in the lives of others. So visit jackwwilliams.com to stay up to date. We'll see you next week for an all-new episode of KnowledgeCast.